Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, Russell. Morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for this beautiful morning. We thank you for a new day. We thank you for this new lease of time that you have added to our life, to our destiny. This new opportunity to be with you. And to start this new day, Lord, and give of our first fruits of that time to you. In thanksgiving, in appreciation. For your love that is unending for us. For your mercy that you renew for us every single day. For your presence that you call us to every time. That despite all our foolishness, that despite all our limitations, that despite all our sinfulness, you do not turn us away. You are still God. You are still the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Unchangeable. It is we who change and make our mistakes. It is we who are wavering in our faith, in our relationship with you. It is we who change our confession under circumstances. It is we who depend on emotions, as we have seen yesterday. We ask mercy, Father. We ask for forgiveness for all the times we have failed you, for all the times we have failed and hurt others, for all the times we have acted in disobedience and in rebellion. We have gone against your will and your word. And for all the times, Father, we have fallen short Times where we should have acted in boldness and we shied away. Considering what others would think about us if we did that, if we behaved in that way in accordance with what your will suggested. We ask for that forgiveness today, Father. And as we start this new day, we resolve in our hearts to stick with you, to hold on to the word, to be unshaken like our rock, our foundation, Jesus himself. And we thank you, Father, that you pour your peace into our hearts. You pour your joy. You keep filling us every single time. So that through that filling, we are recharged. We are built up again. We are edified. We are strengthened. And you give us understanding of your word. You give us a revelation through your spirit so that when we go out with that revelation, it is us carrying your presence there. And this peace and this joy that you pour in our hearts, Father, we want to share it with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and all those that are part of this praying family called by your name, the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group and all those that have no one to pray for them. All those that do not know how to pray. We share it with all those that are called Christians and have not yet personally encountered you. And we have seen in yesterday's Bible teaching session that that can be the big difference between an answered prayer and a prayer that does not move God at all.
we share it with all those who have willingly, willfully chosen to go away from you. Who have chosen darkness over your light. Who have chosen ignorance. Who have chosen false knowledge. False religions that have been given to them. Who have chosen secularism over a relationship with their father. Quicken them, O oh Lord. Unless you draw them in, they cannot come to you. Let every veil before their eyes be cut, torn apart. Every mountain cut down. The path before them flattened. And their wisdom quickened. That they might come to themselves like the prodigal son and say, I shall arise. And go back to my father's house. Help us as well look at our own personal lives. And the areas that we are still suffering in, Lord, help us bring that, surrender it to you. That we might receive your direction, your wisdom. Help us make that decision to arise. And so, Father, as we make our prayer today, we call on your name. We call on the lifter of men. The one who dwells in the midst of the cherubims. The one who is seated at the mercy seat in your tabernacle. The one who makes the parched land a pool of water and the thirsty land springs of water. The one who gives life to our mortal bodies through his spirit. The one who teaches us to profit from the word and who leads us in the way we should go. The one who is the preserver of men, the Elohim Adonai, the Lord of Lords. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The one who taught us faith. The one who taught us to call you God, our father. The author and finisher of that faith. The prince of peace, the wonderful counselor, our everlasting father. The bridge to the father, the way, the sheep gate. The Lord who heals our daily bread. The one through whom we can have that communion with the Father. The Lion of Judah, Jesus himself. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of redemption, the spirit of truth. That when we know that truth, we are set free, we are redeemed. The spirit of the living God, the spirit of El Shaddai, the spirit of victory, the breath of the Father, the one who reveals the deep and secret things of the Father through his word, the one who makes the Father and the Son known to us by giving us information, by showing us who they are through the word, who helps us come closer to him in that relationship, the one who heals our backsliding, the one who quickens us. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with your Son and your Spirit, that you have given us everything, the best of heaven, that we 
as men, as human beings, might succeed in this life, might achieve that life of abundance, might not fail. You have given them to be our intercessors, our advocates. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your word that carries your principles, your promises, and your prophecies for us to use in our life and profit from it. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of prayer where we can commune with you, where we can speak to you and you will answer. You will heal our land. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with angels with destiny help us. And we have heard those in our testimonies last night. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with family, with friends, people that care about us. And that is a reflection of your love for us. We thank you, Lord, that through all that role play, you reveal more of your nature to us. And then we see it reflected in your word. And it tells us who you are, what you stand for. And we are able to come closer to you in our relationship from being that stranger through an acquaintance to being a close friend and a family member. One that goes with us everywhere. You have always been there with us. It is just that now you are becoming real to us as we know you more. We thank you, Father, that you have made us stewards of your creation, that we are able to enjoy all the things in nature that you have freely given us. Yet we abuse it so much. We misuse it. We destroy it rather than being that caretaker, that steward. For all those times that we have messed it up, Father, we ask for forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for the investment that you have placed on our lives through a spiritual deposit that you have placed in us. So that it is your jealous love there that becomes the difference. It is your anointing there that brings that favor, not just the one-time breakthrough because we cried out to you, but that consistent favor where we are constantly lifted up from level to level. In all the complexity in our life, Lord, you take it into your hands and you steer us out of that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. And today I'd like to reflect on the verse from Matthew chapter 19, verse 30, where it says, Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. What did Jesus mean by this? Who is he referring to? He uses these words a few times in the gospel. The first one is in Matthew 19 verses 29 and 30. Where Jesus had told the disciples that it was hard for a wealthy man to enter heaven. But it is easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle. This was the instance where Jesus spoke to the rich man who asked him, Lord, what must I do to enter into eternal life? And that you can reference that in Matthew 19 verses 23 to 26. 
Now the Jews believed that wealthy people could gain God's favor and his righteousness by giving money, by giving alms. And so if you look at this passage closely, when Peter said how when when Jesus said how difficult it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, that took Peter by surprise. He asked, so then, Lord, what is in it for us? We have left everything and we have followed you. And we're not even rich. And Jesus explains it using the parable of the vineyard. Where the owner hired and agreed to pay the workers a penny a day. And he hired a few in the morning. And later throughout the day, he kept going back and hiring a few more that were standing idle by the marketplace. And then even at the end of the day, towards the 11th hour as well, just an hour's worth of work would have been remaining there. Even then he hired a few that no one else had hired. And at the end of the day, he gave them their wages starting from the last. The Bible says, starting from the last unto the first. And the ones who were hired first, the ones who were hired last, received their one penny as he promised them. The ones who were hired first then expected that because they got a penny, these who have worked for the full 12 hours of the day will receive more. But they received just that same one penny as he had agreed. And so they murmured. And he said, I have given you what I have agreed on. I have not cheated you. Is it not lawful for me to do with what is my own, to do with what I have, my own money? According to my wish. Again, we see a similar story in Luke 13, verse 24 to 30. Where in verse 24, he says, Jesus says, strive to enter through the straight gate. Now, this is similar to that account in Matthew, where it was the eye of the needle. And he said, it is easier for a camel to enter the eye of the needle. Many won't be able to enter. And he said, when the door is shut and they knock, the master from inside would say, I do not know you. And then they will say, I have, we have eaten and drunk with you in your presence. You taught in the streets and we were there. We, that is, we spent time with you. We listened to your teachings. And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And people will come from all directions into the kingdom. And yet some will be last. Some who are last now will be first. And some who are first will be last. So he used the same line again there. And he uses it a couple of times in other places as well. But what he's trying to highlight here is doing good deeds, almsgiving, or listening to his teachings, or even being part of a prayer group will not guarantee your salvation. That is a free gift that he gives to whomever he chooses. The one penny as he promised. He makes no difference. Everyone gets the same salvation. The same as he promised in the parable, the one penny salary. In John 6 verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father draw him in. And I will raise him up on the last day. 
So salvation depends on him drawing us in, not on our works. When he said, I will raise him up on the last day, he's talking about salvation. So it depends on him drawing us in. We cannot earn salvation through whatever act we perform in our life, no matter how good a work of righteousness it is. Secondly, he does not look at our titles or roles in society or in industry or even the church. In the account of Luke chapter 13, the Jewish rabbis thought that we are heading the synagogue of the chosen race. He was referring to those. Since Jews are the chosen people of God and we are heading the synagogues where we are drawing people to that religion. So we should go to heaven first. Our place is secured. And he said, not true. That won't happen. One might say, I was heading a prayer group. I was a pastor at a church. Or I've held an important government role for the benefit of people. That does not guarantee you any favor in his eyes. If we look at the parable of the vineyard in Matthew 20 closely, we see that he hired people who were not considered useful. Even at the 11th hour, those who did not get hired by others because they thought them not good enough to do any work. Yet, he hired them. When nobody wanted them, he said, I want you. Now, is this worth speaking to you in any way? For the times when you felt rejected. God still says, I want you. And he gives you the same salvation, even if your life was a wreck. Even if you made all the mistakes possible. When you turn around, he gives that same salvation, even if it has as the, the 11th hour. He said the same to the robber hanging on the cross with him. Today you shall be with me in paradise. And the third inference here is all those who are self-righteous consider themselves first in queue by virtue of their deeds. These will be last. But all who are humble and contrite will be first. And even in his life, he exemplified it by choosing fishermen, people of humble beginnings, people who are teachable, people who are open to receiving him and his word. He always spoke of little children and their faith. Not of one that is wise, not of one that is rich, not of one that knows the word inside out. That's what the Pharisees did. They knew the word inside out. They were teaching in the synagogues, but that did not qualify them in any way. And he also says here, strive to enter into the narrow gate to follow the ways of his kingdom. But as Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many enter through it.
in the account here in Luke 13. The first statement in verse 24 was strive to enter through the narrow gate. As he said to the rich man in Matthew 19, before the parable of the vineyard, the rich man asked him, Lord, what must I do to enter eternal life? I have obeyed all the laws that are mentioned in the word. And Jesus said, there's only one thing that remains. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. He is not against the riches. He says, I came to give you abundance. But the love of riches, that makes man corrupt. And our attachment to those riches, our pursuit of those riches over and above him, that is that we are not willing to let it go. That is the extent to which we are holding on to it. That will put us last in his reckoning. And if you are willing to give up that attachment and to be humble and contrite, his word in Psalm 51 says, a humble and contrite heart he will not ignore. And if we are willing to be givers, then we could be first. That's all he's looking for. Lastly, I'd like to take us to Mark chapter 9, verse 35. What is his instruction for us? What is his instruction that he gave to his disciples? I believe it's the same that applies to us as well. To all his followers, those that believe on him. And he says in Mark 9 verse 35, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last. And this was in response to two of his disciples where they argued on who among them was the first. So he taught them saying, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And I'll sum it up with his instructions in Matthew 23, verse 11 and 12, where he said the same thing again. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And he led by example. We see that same example of his own life referenced in Philippians 2 verse 9, 10, which says Christ became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. He humbled himself to it, though being the king. And therefore, God exalted him to such a height, giving him a name above every other name at which every knee in heaven on earth and under the earth must bow. He demonstrated it, being the servant king, the servant leader, by humbling himself. Those who want to be first, he said, must be last and be the servant of all. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we understand what Jesus is trying to tell us here. So that when we are called to serve, 
We look not at positions or titles. We look not at roles where we shall be seen in the public eye. But the whole focus is on serving just as Jesus did. He bent down and washed people's feet as well. He demonstrated humility. Help us be humble in all our dealings, Lord. That no matter the amount of anointing on our life, no matter the word knowledge that we carry, no matter the wisdom and the understanding that we have, let us always operate in love. For Paul taught us that if we do not have love in our heart, then all those gifts and all those capabilities and skills and knowledge and wisdom and understanding are useless. Help us operate out of that love, Lord. Knowing at all times and remembering in our heart that when we operate out of love, Satan loses his control over that situation. There is no place for pride and there is no place for ego. There is only love. Open our hearts, Lord, and fill us with your love. Fill us with that understanding. And help us, Lord, as we make our decision today to be humble and remain humble in your presence at all times. We ask for that edification in our spirit. And as we pray for that growth in the spirit, we also pray for our physical and temporal needs, for all the requests that have been mentioned on our prayer group. We raise them up, Lord. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease. For all those that are hospitalized this day that will undergo surgeries. For all those that are battling COVID or any other life-threatening circumstance. We place them in your care, Father, and we cover them by your precious blood. And we declare that by your stripes and wounds, they are redeemed from the curse of the law. And they are healed. We curse, rebuke and bind every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of wickedness that seems that is seeking to inflict them with any kind of sickness. We cancel every permission given to those spirits. We release your healing, Father, over their lives. We pray for all families as well that are battling separation, that have been plagued by the spirit of divorce by any spirit of infidelity, by violence and abuse, or even small misunderstandings that create disturbance in a regular peaceful family life. We speak your love, Lord. We prophesy that peace that only you give into these homes. Let that peace bring your presence, Lord. You stand knocking at the door. We invite you into these homes. Let your presence Stir up that love in their home. That the season of hatred, that the season of separation is changed to that of unity, of joy, of peace, of happiness, and of love. We pray for every family and every member that is part of this Brisbane prayer group as well. We put on our angels and we dispatch them on the assignments in accordance with our own personal circumstances, in the physical and in the spiritual. We plead the blood of Jesus over each of these families and every member of their family, over every ministry that people go out boldly carrying. 
I call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect us and to keep us safe from harm, from sin, from danger, from accident, from injury, from pilfering, from theft, from hijacking, from terrorism, from any attacks of the enemy, seen or unseen. I call on you to perform in accordance with the promise of the Father in Psalm 91. I command that angelic protection in the name of Jesus. We pray also for all those that are battling any kind of strongholds over their lives. And Brother Savio has shared a powerful reflection this morning on addictions and these kind of strongholds. Father, we pray that there is a renewal of mind. We ask for your yoke-breaking anointing to touch their lives, that their cup shall run over, that they shall come to themselves. There is a renewal of mind. There is a transformation of thinking and all those habits and all those behaviors. Every compulsive behavior that has taken over a control over them and refuses to budge. Lord, we, under your authority, you're the name of Jesus himself. We declare these chains over their lives broken. We declare a revival in their life this day. We prophesy a rebuilding. And where the spirit of the Lord is through your anointing, Lord, there must be liberty. Let that liberty answer to their lives bodily this day. That they are set free indeed by the son of the living God. We pray also for all those that are battling poverty, that are battling joblessness, that are battling financial challenges. That when we speak over their lives, there must be a shifting in the spirit, in their own spirits first. That there is edification in their spirit to see the ways of the Father, His provision that He has made available, not just for supernatural financial flow, but the mechanisms that we ourselves must employ through tithing, through giving, through scattering of our gifts. So that we engage these principles mentioned in the Bible and the result that they must produce as a law, which are non-negotiable. Let those results answer to their lives this day, Father. Open their eyes to see what you have provisioned for them and how to activate it and make it work. We pray also for all those members of our families that are not yet saved, that have not yet given their hearts to Christ, that have not yet received their salvation, and are still operating out of the flesh based on emotions rather than discernment. We ask for a revival there as well, Father. Quicken them and draw them in only then can they come to you. And Jesus said he would raise them up on the last day. Unless you quicken them, they can't come, Father. We pray for our own personal needs and those of our families as well. But Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our faith, you move at the voice of the word, the spoken word, just like your angels as well. You send them on your behalf to fulfill that which we have spoken in faith. And every prayer then is an answered prayer. We join our spirits to yours, O Holy Spirit, 
knowing that you intercede for us. We make this our prayer of agreement with each other and with you. We release our faith as we pray in the spirit. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift of tongues. To release your faith, lose your tongue, start speaking a syllable and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now pray in tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Parastolore <laughs> 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 
Rakato Yadam Brandjara Satiada Sadadalaram Brandelade Sudalaranjira Skalara Brayada Lara Sata Brayada Sata Branda Mambrosketia Rajela Sadakia <laughs> This morning, as we were praying, the vision that the Lord gave me was someone pushing a wheelbarrow, and that wheelbarrow was a new wheelbarrow, and it was empty. And the Lord said, come to me empty, so I can fill you with my gifts and precious jewels. And then it was put on my heart that these are gifts of the Holy Spirit that he wants to fill us with. The scripture I've been given is 1 Corinthians 2, 
1 to 5. When I came to you, brethren, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in much fear and trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat as well. This is from Romans chapter 12, verses 10 to 15, where it is written, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which, which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Before we conclude this morning's prayer, I'd like to thank you all for joining us this morning. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters and even by the, the reflections, the jewels that Brother Savio shares, please share them on your Facebook page or any social media platform you're using. Please share these videos as well that are posted up on YouTube. You can share them with others who you would like to bless if you believe that you are being blessed by these. And let many more receive of that gift that is freely available. He said, freely you have received, freely give. Let us go out and give. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his jealous love for us that chases us and overtakes us, just as he mentioned in Deuteronomy 28. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out, carry our testimony and the gospel, going boldly and be a blessing to everyone around us. For this is what Jesus called us for. Let us be a blessing to his glory. Be blessed, everyone, and have a great weekend. Thank you, Thank Russell. You. Thank you, Russell. Thank God everyone. bless everyone. Russell, thank you, Jesus.